Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you hanging out here for the week 15 preview show today and the fantasy playoffs. They are here in every league now. Hopefully you got all your waiver wire targets. We went over all the top pickups on Monday's show. I published the early edition of the rankings on Tuesday night as usual and all the trade value charts up later in the day on Wednesday. But for today's show, we got to get you ready for the fantasy playoffs. We got to sort through some of these situations that could be impacting your lineup decisions this week. So who better to bring on than our old pal, Derek Brown, and I don't even think he needs an intro at this point. He's been coming on the show a couple times a year for several seasons, but I will say you can find all his work over at Fantasy Pros. I would be shocked if you're not already following him on Twitter, but he's at Debro underscore FFB if you are looking for him. So let's get him in here. Mr. Brown, I can hear you chuckling in the background there. Welcome back to the show, buddy. How you been doing, man? I mean, how you feeling as the, the fantasy playoffs are finally getting underway in every league? Boone, what's up, man? It's been a minute. Um, we have fast forward. We're all in the way in the future in week 15. It feels like it's always a weird conundrum at this time of the year, Boone. I got to tell you, man, like it's like I feel like this not so much like fatigue, but you do feel the wear of the season. But at the same time, it's like we just blinked and all of a sudden we're here, man. I can't believe the season has gone by so fast. Yeah, we say that every single year, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably the lack of sleep that starts to wear, <laughs> at least for me. Like, it's like when you yes. get to December, I feel like even, you know, mid-November, I thought I was doing fine, and then December came around, and it was like, I am really tired every day, and I joked with you that I haven't even had a coffee this morning. That is probably a mistake, so if I screw up a ton of things on this show, you know why. It's because I did not get any caffeine in my system yet this morning, but... Yeah, we, we know at this point how to make it through to the end, and we got that extra week in the main fantasy season now that it's going all the way to week 17, and I don't do anything in week 18. People hate me for it, but I don't even <laughs> put out rankings week 18, because for me, it is such a nightmare when you're trying to parse through all oh, that stuff, crazy. and who's sitting, and who's playing, and, and everything. It's just a really bad fantasy week in my mind, so I don't play anything that week. None of my leagues are set up for that week. Um, so yeah, we got three more weeks to go here, and they're going to be... Three very, very exciting weeks. But let's start off with something, I mean, pretty general. I want to know, do you have any tips for fantasy managers for the playoffs? Anything that they can do to give themselves a better chance at advancing? And obviously, if they're lucky, winning that coveted fantasy title? I think the fantasy playoffs is all about kind of looking ahead, Boone. And whether this is like, you you know, we we have a few players we're going to talk about matchups and some schedule stuff that we're going to bring up later in the show. But I think a lot of it is really trying to be looking ahead, planning ahead. And th- there's there's layers to that onion, Boone. It's it's whether you're looking at matchups, you're looking at like you have a first round bye, so you're looking at the teams that could get through to the second round to you. And I'm not going to say block people, but we want to be ahead of the curve. And part of that is not only insulating your roster, but we don't pray for injuries, but if they do strike... You know, if you've got that back end of the bench stash or that spot for a handcuff, okay, well, if you're parsing between two of them, why not pick up the one that could be you could be playing for the team that you could be playing next week, the week after that? Injury strikes, they're decimated. You're sitting there with another RB2 just littering your roster. Yeah, I think a really good example of that is in Superflex and 2QB leagues. You might be totally set at quarterback. You might have two, even three really good quarterbacks, and you don't think you have to worry about it. 
but there might be another contender out there that is struggling at quarterback and you don't want to let them get those easy QB starts. And we're going to talk about some of these backup quarterbacks, but you know, the Colt McCoys of the world who are all of a sudden going to be a starter the rest of the year, you don't want them to get those cheap starts. So you want to be kind of blocking. And I say that as someone that regrets in a couple of leagues, not doing that last night. And I've already loaded up, you know, in, a, in the fantasy pros dynasty invitational, I loaded up my roster. I have the Taylor Heineke's and the Brock Purdy's and I have them behind Josh Allen and Tom Brady. And Mm -hmm. I wish that I would have made sure that I went out and got Colt McCoy because I think Jamie Eisenberg got him and Jamie is another one of the contenders. So that's why this is fresh on my mind that you got to make sure that you're making those pickups, even if you don't think they're going to start for you this week. Like Debro is saying, they might start for you next week or they might just prevent somebody else in the league from using them against you. And I think that's a, a really smart thing. I also just think, when it gets down to single elimination like this, you don't worry as much about stashing. You're you're making yeah. pickups that Agreed. are going to help you this week. So if that means dropping somebody good because they might not be able to help you in this game or they might not be able to help you for the next couple weeks, I think you have to consider that. Even if they are a big household name, you know, especially mm-hmm. when it's some of these injured guys, you know, like Debo, who... Sounds like he would be lucky to be back in week 17. It feels like it's week 17 at the earliest for him. And are you really going to trust him in his first game back from injury? Probably not. So you got to raise the bar on your roster a little bit. And Debo's just one of the guys who got hurt this past week. I mean, we had a bunch of names go down. And the biggest was the reason that Colt McCoy is now the starter in Arizona. And that's Kyler Murray, who got hurt just a few, you know, a few plays into that it was like a bloodbath of a game on Monday night. I don't know oh, if you watched man. the whole thing, but it was like, you know, five, ten minutes into the game and it was just awful already. And you saw a bunch of good players getting hurt and felt like almost everybody got hurt by the end of it. And we know now Kyler, done for the year, torn ACL. It's going to be somebody that we have to monitor throughout the offseason. We'll have to see if he's going to be ready for week one next year. But we also have to figure out how this Cardinals offense is going to do without him for the next few weeks. So Debro. Give me your rundown of how you're approaching Arizona's offense now that they do have McCoy as the starter. And, you know, how is that going to impact guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown and James Conner, guys that people were going to trust in the fantasy playoffs? Can they still trust them? What's your outlook there? I think for Hopkins and Connor, it's kind of a push and and not saying that, that McCoy is not a downgrade. But as far as like we've seen what this looks like, Boone, whether it's been this year or last year. Connor's value honestly could go up. If you've seen any time that Colt McCoy has been under center, the checkdowns are real. He's not running like Kyler does. So you've seen James Connor's checkdowns, targets, all those things. His pass game involvement has been fantastic. So for Connor, this is a push, if not maybe an upgrade, considering the increase in targets. We know his red zone work, as long as they have trips to the red zone, is going to be there. Same thing for Hopkins. His target share is locked in. That's not going anywhere. And if you're looking at, okay, if the tide is going down, which ships are still sailing the ocean blue? Then Hopkins and Connor are. And the rest of it, it's, it's really a downgrade for these other weapons in this offense. Like Hollywood Brown... Maybe low-end wide receiver two you were valuing towards the end of the season. Now he drops to wide receiver three territory. Um, Trey McBride was not somebody we were counting on anyway. Um, So, you know, again, that's a push. But with Rondell Moore and Greg Dorch, much of the same. I mean, I think everybody in this offense takes a downgrade except for Connor and Hopkins. 
And everybody was excited about, you know, what Rondo was doing midway through the season or some of those games that Greg Dorsch had. But I keep reminding everyone that happened when all these other receivers were out of the lineup. So you yep. can't really wait and expect, oh, they're going to come back and have these big fantasy days, especially not now. And I agree with you what you said, even though I do think Colt McCoy is actually a pretty good backup. He's performed Agreed. pretty well in the times that he's got in there. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, I don't think you can trust more than those top couple options that they have. Now, I mentioned all the injuries during the Monday Night Football. Another one on the other side was the Patriots losing Ramondre Stevenson with that ankle injury, and he tried to come back, and then he wasn't able to, and eventually was out for the rest of the game. And we're recording this on Wednesday morning, so we don't know if Ramondre's practicing yet this week or not, or whether he's going to be able to play this week or not. They've also been without Damian Harris for a couple weeks here. He injured his thigh, and he's been out. He hasn't even been practicing. He wasn't practicing last week. We'll see if that changes this week. And so when Ramondre went down in that game, we got some flashes here from these rookie backs that they have, Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. And I'm going to give the floor to you, Debro. I'll let you unpack it. But if Stevenson is out this week, if Harris can't suit up, which right now I don't think we can really bank on him being out there either. And we don't know. Maybe these guys will be able to play. I have to say that as we're going. We're not totally sure. But if those two are out and we do have to go to one of these rookies, which of these Patriots backups do you think is going to be the best fantasy option? And I already know your answer, but I want you to tell everybody <laughs> else. So you can go off on your love of Pierre Strong here. Oh, man, you know exactly where I'm going, Boone. Come on. I mean, it, during the pre-draft process, and I want to lay this out to everybody that that maybe not is not familiar with Pierre Strong. Amazing talent out of South Dakota State. Um, I comped him. I, I said he was Brees Hall light. You look at his early career, collegiate production, what he was able to do, his running style. He is a one cut and go home run type. And we saw this last week. So, I mean, I know that, you know, Kevin Harris got in, got into the end zone. And, and that's the first player that I think is going to stick with people because he did score the touchdown immediately after Ramondre was out. Um, we did see him. I'm not going to say like flash, but I mean, he was productive. 3.3 yards per carry. got eight totes in the game, but Pierre Strong is the guy, if I'm going for any Patriots back, it's got to be Pierre Strong. One, I think that he brings the big play ability, and we saw that last week. I mean, he ripped off a 44-yard run. He turned his nine or seven touches into 90 total yards. And if we're looking at one of these guys, Boone, as well as like taking the the pass game routes, that's going to be Pierre Strong, not Kevin Harris. And I'm not even saying that he's going to have to do what or, or he's going to get the same role as Ramondre has gotten because Ramondre in the last few weeks, I mean, I was going to sit here and walk into it and say he's been the wide receiver too uh, for this team. But honestly, you can craft the narrative that Ramondre Stevenson has been the wide receiver one for the Patriots. Yeah. He's gotten almost a 25% target share over the last few weeks. And I'm not saying that Pierre Strong's going to walk into that. But even last game, he got two targets in limited duty. Like if he's going to get the pass game role, because I don't think that that's really necessarily in Kevin Harris's skill set, then it's all Pierre Strong, dude. Like, I loved him as a talent coming out. I love his ability to not only break off the big plays, but if he's going to be running the routes, he's the guy we want. And I don't know if you're like me, and this is, you know, just one of those lessons we can look back to. And I feel like we remind ourselves of this in one way or another every single year. But I also like Pierre Strong. And then we ended when he ended up on the Patriots roster, 
I was like, oh, for fantasies, really buried now. And, you know, I kind of pushed him down a little bit because of it. And, you know, all of a sudden, a couple injuries happen. And the next thing you know, this guy could be a, a star for the next couple of weeks, could help people advance in the fantasy playoffs, maybe even win fantasy titles. So I, I like that call there. I think both guys will get work and maybe we'll see some sort of mm-hmm. breakdown like when Ramondre and Damian Harris were playing together, where you sort of have Harris being the Harris and you have, you know, the Ramondre role kind of being played by Pierre Strong, although Pierre Strong, you know, he can do some things, he can do some other things, but uh, yeah, I, I like that call there. Now we have another backfield that is opening up this week due to injury. It's the Texans, Damian Pierce, already been ruled out for week 15. Sounds like he might miss week 16, maybe even week 17 as well. But are you interested in any of these other Texans running backs? I mean, they released Eno Benjamin this week. His weird season just continues. Dropped by the Cardinals after he looked pretty good for them. Then he gets dropped by the Texans now. So they have Rex Burkhead, who I saw a lot of people pick up last night. They have Dario Gumbawale, who got by far the most work last week after Harris got hurt. They also have Royce Freeman on the practice squad. They just added Jared Dokes on the practice squad. But like I said, are you willing to play anybody from this backfield in week 15? And if you are, who would it be? I guess I'm curious. Uh, for me, the the pickup, and I understand like people are going to go to Rex Burkhead first because that's the name and we've seen him get work in this backfield. I mean, just last year, he was one of those stretch run guys. Like, it wasn't pretty and it was very Matt Asiata-esque <laughs> in the sense he got like 2 billion touches and he got 10 yards. But... Looking at the guy that I'd want out of this backfield, it's Dare. It's Dare Gumbawale. That's and what I think, too, yeah. Yes. I, I don't understand why everybody's going to Rex Burkhead, to be honest, Boom, because if you look at last week, I mean, Gumbawale ran more routes. We want the pass game roll out of and I and I keep going back to that, but, like, that's what we want out of these backfields. So, Gumbawale ran 10 routes. Burkhead only got on the field for two. He's been getting more work and working ahead of Rex Burkhead in the last few weeks, and... The upcoming matchups for the Texans, like, we could have some production out of this backfield. And I know that sounds gross. And for everybody that's out there listening to it and has been frustrated with Damian Pierce over the last few weeks, I understand your frustrations. But these two guys, especially Dare, is it you're picking up somebody off of the waiver wire that could legit fall into the end zone get targets out of the backfield because if Davis Mills is going to be the quarterback moving forward, we know he can check down. We know that's going to be part of what the Houston Texans do. And you also have injuries that are littering this depth chart. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, we don't know if they're going to play. And you have a matchup coming up, Boone, like versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Like they're middle of the road versus rushing attacks, but versus receiving backs, they're bottom five and damn near everything you look at, man. So yeah, I like Dario Gumbawale. Like I think he's a high-end RB3 in PPR leagues. Like, you could feel good about rolling him out there as a flex this week, and if he falls into the end zone, he might make it into the top top 24 in scoring this week. Well, I'm glad you qualified it there, too, because I think you and I especially, we can get really excited about a player or that we feel people are sort of underrating a player, and you can hear in our voices that we're excited, but at the same time, we're not sitting here and telling people this guy is going to be you know top 15, top mm-hmm. 20. Maybe, like you said, he finds the end zone once or twice, and all of a sudden he gets up there, but that's the chances of that happening are pretty slim. But to get him off the waiver wire, to throw him in as that RB3 flex type, I think that's what it is. And at this time of year, 
especially for how the waiver wire has been this year, where there's been a lot of weeks when I've been writing up the waiver wire where that running back section has been pretty dead. Ooh. There hasn't been that much in there in terms of, you know, exciting guys that you can grab and just throw into your lineup. So this week going to the fantasy playoffs there are going to be people that need help there. And that's where I think he could definitely step in. What about all the, the backup quarterbacks that we've seen? You know, we talked about it a bit earlier. The guys that we've seen come from the bench and all of a sudden they're getting starts here. It was Mike White for the Jets and Brock Purdy for the Niners. Now we got McCoy, like we said, for the Cardinals. We also might get either Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown for the Ravens this week because I don't think Lamar is going to be able to get out there. Uh, Mitch Trubisky might get the call for the Steelers if, Penny, if uh, Kenny Pickett can't get cleared. Same with Brett Rippon. I mean, if Russell Wilson, I don't know what his situation is right now, but he's another guy that if he can't get cleared, he might not be out there this week. We might get another Brett Rippon game. So I'll go at it this way. Which of those backups would you be most worried about if they got the start? I mean, you know, for their fantasy outlook, for the fantasy outlook of their entire offense, which one would you be most worried about if they got the start this week? Well, I'm actually kind of going to go off the uh, the page a little bit for another backup that's kind of gotten the, well, the starting run for the rest of the season. I would not have a lot of confidence at all in starting Desmond Ritter this week. Oh, yeah, I guess that's a good point. I didn't include him in there. I wasn't, yeah, because yeah, I was thinking now he's officially the starter. But yeah, that is another backup that's been, been put up there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not feel confident about playing him at all. I mean, if you look at New Orleans since week 10, they're eighth in success rate per drop back, 13th in passing yards per game, and third in explosive pass rate. So Desmond Ritter, like if you're in Superflex 2QB leagues, are you kind of balancing – do I start Desmond Ritter or do I start a positional player? Um, the other one that I think, and just parsing through the backup names, and I think a lot of people are going to be hurting and they're like, okay, do I play this guy or not? The other one is Anthony Brown. Um, and this is not shade against Anthony Brown. Like, I look, I, I am a, I'm a DGN at heart, Boone. I play preseason DFS. I, I remember <laughs> rolling out Anthony Brown uh, in various games. But if you're looking at just this passing attack, this passing attack has not been good even with Tyler Huntley under center, even with Lamar Jackson. Now we're talking about going down to the third string guy. And while I, I'm going to have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins ranked, I'm not going to say aggressively, but strong considering the matchup, it would not surprise me if the Cleveland Browns say, look, we're going to load up to stop the run and we're going to force you to beat us through the air. You were going to make you have to throw the ball because we know you don't have a lot of weapons. A lot of your weapons aren't very good outside of Mark Andrews. And if you can't run the ball, what are you going to do versus us? So I, I love the matchup for J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards this week, considering how bad the Browns run defense has been. But I am kind of I'm very tentative about it in the sense that the Browns could easily just stack the box and say, OK, beat us another way. Can you? I don't think you can. Yeah, and there's some injuries on that Browns defense, but I'm with you there that I don't think the offense, I mean, the bottom line is the offense didn't look that great when Lamar was out there recently. Yep. Like they weren't really firing all cylinders. So now you're going to the second string or maybe the third string guy. And the Browns played them really tough last time. The, the fantasy assets there, I mean, Mark Andrews had a horrible game that week. Like they really keyed in on him. So uh, yeah, that would be one where I'm, I'm definitely worried about them too. And I think Ritter was a good call, even though I left him off. I think I was thinking more about the injuries that opened things up mm -hmm. and but yeah, that's definitely a good call that Ritter, maybe more of a, a stash this week. Let's see what, what they can do. Let's see if they change the offense at all with him out there and then go from there. But yeah, I'd have a hard time putting him in my lineup this week. All right, quick one before we get to the rapid fire section. 
uh, who's your favorite player to stash for the fantasy playoffs? And then we'll go deeper leagues, like a, a deep stash that you could look to that people could throw out there. And like I said, you want to have more of your focus on winning that single elimination game, but there's still a couple weeks left. There could be somebody out there that you grab and you throw on your bench. Who would it be? So how, how, how deep are we going here, Boone? I, I need some quantification here because I, I want to bring up Elijah Moore, but I don't know if that's deep enough. And if, if I don't know, a- I mean, yeah, he was my top receiver in okay. the, uh, in the waiver wire or wide receiver I got some section deep cuts. this week. Don't worry about that. I got All deep right. Cuts so here. I would go a little bit deeper than that. Okay. Stash. So for me, um, the guy that's going to be on the top of my list and I wrote him up for our waiver wire column this week over fantasy pros was Tutu Atwell. I, I, I picked him up off the – well, we're in Dynasty Leagues together, Boone. You know this. And <laughs> yeah, Nine times out of ten, if I don't jump into open the app within five minutes of news, I know that Boone has already picked up <laughs> whoever it is and has them on his roster. So I'll tell I, you my secret. You want to know one of my secrets? No, I ahead, have – in, in the leagues that, that really matter to me – um, I have the windows open. I have like a full tab thing <laughs> of all the windows Love for it. those leagues open during Love the season. It. So that if mm-hmm. something like that happens, it's literally just like boom, 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 boom across. And it's funny because I have them ranked in like the order that they matter as well. And I brought it up on the show. I think it was when Kadarius Tony went to the Chiefs that uh, the score office league was the last one on my list. And I had picked him up in every single league, but I got to that one. And that was the only league that I missed out. And I missed out by like a minute. So there are places where people people still beat me, but that's a that's my oh, secret. I just give up. Like if <laughs> if I don't get get into the app within like two to three minutes, I know you've probably already got them, and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just not even gonna. <laughs> I concede. I'm just not even gonna pull it up. <laughs> and it, so with Tutu Atwell, he was a guy that was out on numerous waiver wires in dynasty leagues, much less in redraft. And looking at him moving forward. I was really high on him coming into last week because every time we hear Sean McVay talk up a guy, there's not many coaches that I actually listen to when they when they start preaching about a guy. When Sean McVay opens his mouth and says, we are going to use a guy more, I listen. I always listen to it because it comes to fruition, Boone. He talks about we're going to get Cam Akers more involved. That happens. Alvin Robinson more involved. He goes out and he scores a touchdown. Uh, previous like last year when the week when he said we're going to get Deshaun Jackson going he went for one or two deep long scores in that game so I listened to Sean McVay when he starts talking about it and last week we heard it out of his mouth why have I not gotten Tutu Atwell more involved and I could ask the same question look you've got the skeleton of Allen Robinson running uh, out routes for multiple weeks not doing anything and you have a young player who you spent, a, I don't want to say a premium pick, but a decent draft pick in the NFL draft, which the Rams has not had many of those over the last few years. <laughs> and you have him just lagging on the bench. But Tutu Atwell comes out. He had a 63% route participation, 25% target share, Boone, last week. And when he's gotten opportunities this year, he's been really good. Like, amongst all wide receivers of 20 or more targets, this dude is 8th in PFF receiving grade, 3rd in yards per route run. We know he has the speed, and now, I'm not going to say the offense looked great, but Baker Mayfield looked good last week. He looked comfortable. And if you're looking at, like, a player that you can grab for nothing off of waiver wires at the moment, he probably is still even out there in your dynasty leagues. Yeah. In some of them. I think Tutu Atwell is, is a player that I, I I picked up everywhere. His upcoming matchups aren't, <clears throat> I want to say, fantastic, 
but they're not terrible either. Like the Packers, the Broncos, who have not been as good as a pass defense outside of Sertan, and the Chargers, who have been giving up big plays through the year. So Tutu Atwell is another name that I think, like, if you're looking for deep leagues, but um, the, the two other guys I want to bring up here real fast is, and I think that this really lends itself to how bad the position is, Boone, is Tyler Conklin and Robert Tunyon. Both of these guys have fantastic matchups through the fantasy playoffs. And as bad as the tight end position has been throughout the entire fantasy season, this comes down to streaming. And who can I get production from this position? Because it's been so bad. Like Conklin gets the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Seattle Seahawks. And if you're looking at like, those are really good matchups. Like, as far as fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends, those three teams are 28th, 21st, and 31st. And Robert Tunyon, same things. He gets the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. And you can, tight ends have been producing against every single one of those teams um, since week eight. The Rams are 30th in fantasy points per game allowed to tight ends, and the Dolphins are 29th. So I think looking at not only deep cuts as far as target shares, but for the tight end position as well, as nasty as it's been, Boone, Tyler Conklin and Robert Tunyon are two guys that I feel like are really strong streamers, not only this week, but throughout the entirety of the fantasy playoffs. Well, we always laugh that we're on the same page. And Tyler Conklin, he led the tight end section in my waiver wire column on Monday. Love and it. yeah, I went over a lot of the same things. I mean, he's... In terms of targets, since Mike White took over, and we think right now that Mike White's going to get the start this week, even though he got a little banged up last week, but since Mike White got out there, Conklin's like top 10 in tight end targets, and he's getting that opportunity. Even if even if Mike White can't go and they have to go to Joe Flacco, well, earlier in the season, Conklin was putting up great numbers with Joe Flacco in the first couple games, right? So yeah, I'm with you there. The matchups are great. I'd really, really like Conklin for the next couple weeks. And then Tunyon, I don't know if the yardage will ever be that big with him, but he's always got an opportunity to score a touchdown. And when you're looking at the state of tight end, yeah, Tunyon right there in the tight end two streamer mix for sure. I want to throw out one, too. You just you got me excited here and you're going deep with it. I like going deep. Uh, Trenton Irwin on the Bengals. Oh, that's a good pull. Yeah, and a whole, like there's probably going to be some people like, who? But like T. Higgins, <laughs> Tyler Boyd, we don't know if they're going to play this week. I'm sort of leaning towards thinking that they're going to miss you know, Joe Burrow's playing at a high level. Irwin has three games where he's played at least 50% of the snaps this year. And in two of them, he went over 40 yards and scored a touchdown in both those games. So, you know, he's in play as I would say a T Higgins replacement, especially if Higgins can't go, mm -hmm. then I think that's when Irwin could really get his best opportunity. And again, I'm excited about it. I'm not telling you that he's going to be a, a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two for fantasy this week, but a guy who could maybe even get in your lineup as a flex option or somebody that you grab and you throw on your bench and you see what those injuries look like for those receivers and whether, you know, he can do anything this week and then maybe use him next week. But I think that's a name to remember. I think that's a guy that could have a, a pretty good fantasy day. Now, I want to get you out of here quick. We talked about that before the show. It's a very busy day for you. We want to make sure you get back and do your writing. So let's finish off with the rapid fire section. Short answers only. You've done this before. Give a little context. Most people do. We're going to go teammate toss-ups for this one again. So which teammate would you rather start for week 15? And we will begin with Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott. It's Pollard. Like this, this is not Pollard even close. Now. It has yeah. to be Pollard. 
Like, All right, is this one any closer? Aaron Jones, who is practicing but got a little banged up before the bye, or A.J. Dillon, who's actually come on a little more recently? Uh, this one's not close for me. As long as we're assuming that Aaron Jones is somewhat healthy, I'm going with Aaron Jones. More explosive player. He's on the backfield over the last few games for the Packers. Like, you're looking at 60% opportunity share. So give me Aaron Jones. All right, we started off with the softballs. We're going to get harder as we go. Jamal <laughs> Williams or DeAndre Swift? <laughs> Jamal. It's easy, Jamal. Swift, he scares the bejesus out of me, Boone. Like, after one week, he gets banged up, and he has got the, he went back to the same exact uh, opportunity share that we saw in previous weeks where we're all, like, pulling our hair out. Yeah, no, it's Jamal for me. Yeah, it was like Swift. He had, like, one week of full practices and had a good game, and then as soon yep. as he shows up with even one limited practice again, <clears throat> boom, he's, he's out of it. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon? And McKinnon just had a, a monster game last week. Yeah, I'm not chasing the points. I'm going Pacheco here. Like, he has the more stable role in this backfield. We can count on the volume. I know that he didn't get the splashy plays last week, but I'm not chasing last week's box score. What I care about is the upcoming workload, and that's Pacheco. And the upcoming matchups this weekend, next week, just great mm -hmm. matchups. They should be able to ride that rushing attack. Rashad White or Leonard Fournette? It's been time. It has been time. It is time. Uncle Lynn, it's time to go to the pasture. We're going Rashad White here. Yeah, White was so many ways that he could pay off to, especially in the passing game and stuff. Yep. Uh, Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson? B-Rob. Going Brian Robinson here. Guy's got 20 to 25 carry upside every single week. The matchup this week is fantastic. Um, I won't be surprised if he gets he goes over 100 and gets in the, uh, the end zone once or twice. Devin Singletary or James Cook? Oh, this one... This one hurts my soul, Boone, because I was I was high on Cook last week, and I was like, all right, is the breakout going to happen? And the Bills said, <laughs> no. So I, I'm going to go with Devin Singletary here. I get the upside that Cook has, but Singletary is going to have a role no matter what in this backfield. And then the last one, and one that I think maybe the answer could be both guys here, but mm -hmm. Deonta Foreman or Chuba Hubbard? Uh, give me Deonta. Um, Chuba has gotten work in this backfield, but... Deontay's the he's the early down hammer. He he legit can get twenty to twenty five carries in any single week. We know what the Carolina Panthers want to do. They're just the Chicago Bears, the South. They're gonna run, 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 run the ball, and Deontay Foreman is gonna be the tip of the spear. Yeah, and really the difference last week was just Chuba Hubbard got the touchdown and yep. Foreman didn't. That's and Foreman it. had opportunities. He got two or three tries there and couldn't bang it in, and then Foreman got a chance and, and, and then Hubbard got a chance and then he was the one that uh Came away with the touchdown, and that lifted his fantasy yeah, day. Yeah, not, not tilting at all if you played Deontay Foreman in DFS. Promise. Well, that is all for today's show. Make sure you go give Derek a follow on Twitter. And, yes, I called him Derek for once, at Debro underscore FFB. You got to check out all the content at Fantasy Pros he's got going, including the primer, which he's taken the baton from our good friend Mike Taglier, who's no longer with us. Debro has made it his own. Just a massive undertaking every single week to write about every game like that. And we appreciate all the hard work that he puts in. I love seeing you rise up the industry the last few years, man. Maybe we're getting to the holidays here. I'm feeling a little sen sentimental. You know, it is incredibly well-deserved that you have gotten into the position that you're in, and I can't wait to see what's next here for you. And we're lucky that you are so generous with your time when it comes to this show, whether it's in the off-season, whether it's the regular season. You've always gone out of your way to jump on the show. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, wishing you nothing but the best the rest of the way, dude. And, you know, I can't wait to have you on for – I'm already thinking of the off-season and our, our, our annual oh, must-draft show. Time, you know, yes. we – can't wait for that one in the summer next year. Definitely one of my favorite episodes every year. But you know what? Before you go, I'll give you a chance here. Um, is there anything else that you're working on, you know, podcast stuff, anything that you want to direct people towards before you leave? Yeah. I mean, obviously the big thing is the primer, but um, looking towards and I, and just 
just give a little peeks behind the curtain here, Boone. But uh, looking towards the off season and stuff like that, I'm I'm gonna slowly get into the prospect season. So you know, we get deep into prospects, and the NFL draft is gonna be here before we know it. So all things dynasty, I'm gonna be behind the scenes. Um, doing a lot of stuff with prospects in the offseason and best ball. So everybody needs to stay tuned for uh, all that content that's going to be dropping towards the end of the season and the playoffs, things like that. Uh, still going to be rocking DFS content for Fantasy Pros through uh, all the playoff weeks and Week 18 for all the DGens out there that play it. Uh, we love it. The news is hot and heavy. And, man, thank you for ever, all those kind words. I mean, honestly, like, we've we've done shows together for multiple years, Boone, and – you're my Achilles heel, dude. I, I, I can't ever <laughs> say no to you, man. Um, whether it's it's the sultry voice or just I love talking ball with you, I can never say no to you. Like, I, you asked me to do a podcast the night before, I'll, like, stay up prepping or whatever the hell else. Like, I'll, I'll flip heaven and earth, man. I love talking football with you anytime we get a chance to chop it up. Well, I appreciate that too, dude. And as for me, remember, the rest of the season trade value charts, they're going to be up a little later on Wednesday today. All of the week 15 rankings updated and published on Thursday afternoon. I'm seeing that as of Wednesday morning, I'm getting a, a message, a notification on my phone right now that says Robert Salas still thinks that we're going to see Mike White out there this week. So that is good news. We want to see Mike White leading that Jets offense. Big thanks one more time to Debro. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.